Hey everyone, welcome to Made With Intention, where two women sharing our expertise in entrepreneurship, discussing life lessons, and everything in between. Today we're talking about passive income and why it's so important for you and your business. And also we're going to dive into the business side of yoga and that whole wellness world. Hola, Candice. Hola. Perfect person to talk to about these things. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And also, fair warning, I just feel like we could talk about this forever. We're going to try to watch the clock. <laughs> we don't often do a good job. <laughs> it's, this we both have a hard out in like 45 minutes, and I don't know if it's going to happen. But This is the hard part of uh, of doing this with a friend, like we've said before, because I'm just, just shooting the shit. <laughs> it's the best part and the worst yeah. part. <laughs> um, All right, let's dive in, because I feel like we're already, we're already ticking. Right. So passive income, real quick, why is passive income important to you? Because you are, just for background, an an icon, a passive income icon. I cannot wait. And the second part of this, Candice is going to tell you her list, but iconic. Let me tell you, I love passive income so much. So passive income, for anybody who doesn't know, it's when you do something, you create something, let's say you write a book. And then you put that out there into the world and you just sit back and you collect a check, mailbox money. It's money that is mailed to you or direct deposit. And every week, every month, every quarter, whatever it is, you get money coming in. And while you're receiving that check, you're also able to go do other things because it's not exchanging time for money, which I think is so important. Perfectly said. And that's really the highlight, especially, oh my gosh. I have been on the beach in Mexico sipping mezcal and just getting Stripe notifications. And there is like no uh, no greater feeling than getting paid for something that you did like two years ago. I love it. All right. So for me, um, we're going to start with my list because listen, new to the game is shorter. I can, again, I cannot wait for you all to hear Candice's list, but a big thing for me, I'll say, yeah, my number one is affiliate income. And I, I tell people this often with affiliate income, what worked for me was really highlighting the things that I loved anyway. And then basically just accidentally kind of fell into different partnerships or whatever. So like Passion Planner in 2020, I was so depressed and I had to create systems to keep my, because of course, in Megan's world, I'm depressed. So I'm like, all right, new system. <laughs> How are we going to systemize our way out of this one? But hey, it worked. Um, and I just wanted to share that with people. And so then literally like, I think two months in, Passion Planner is like, yo, we're going to start having ambassadors. And I've been an ambassador ever since. I made great money from it. And also during the holidays, um, a bonus to that passive income on passive income is I, every December launch, a, I have a, an event called track your way to success, where I walk people through different ways to track their behavior, to get them to success faster. And I use that event with passion planners. Like I demo with my passion planner and then everyone buys passion planners before the meeting or after. So I'm getting paid twice. And then that event lives on my website for people to purchase in the future. So I'm actually getting paid three times just by this like 60 minute event. Um, so that worked out really well. Convert kit, like same with you. We worked together and I was like, yo, you got to come to the convert kit side. And now I get paid every time you pay convert kit, I get 30%. Um, so convert kit by far is number one. I make the most consistent money. And then lastly, Amazon. Um, I am a beauty fanatic and also just recommend a lot of things. And so it's great to get paid for them. 
On the digital side, I have a bunch of guides. I have passive challenges, like 14-day challenges on my website that people can start whenever they wish. I host workshops, and so I leave those replays up for sale. I create Notion templates that I sell on Gumroad, and then absolutely I do digital courses. And so all of those are usually just selling, and I just mention them when they're relevant. Like right now, I'm going to put some in the in the show notes. Um, but when they're relevant, I mention them. And honestly, I think every podcast episode so far that's gone live, it has resulted in at least one sale of one of my passive products. Um, yeah, so that's been dope. And then my most recent one, actually I've been earning money through Medium for maybe like five years. Um but this past month was my highest earning month, which was dope and my highest readership because I was on a mission to post every day for one month, which was real. Um, so yeah. And then I don't know about you, but for me right now, what I'm working on is I want to, of course, we're always expanding. Uh, my big ones are books. I'm diving into eBooks and I'm going to, I'm claiming this year as a first year that I, I am a published author and I'm going to sell a hardcover book. I'm working on that right now. And I had this idea last night. I want to create like digital product packs by feelings. So I'm feeling insecure. Here's a suite of things from Megan that will help you get there, like help you get to confidence. I'm feeling disorganized. Here's a shit ton of Megan, of shit from Megan <laughs> that'll help you get organized. And yeah, so I'm going to dive into that this upcoming month, but I'm excited about it. I love yeah. that. I'm really, yeah. I think one thing that you, I mean, this is highlighted in everything that you've just discussed, but you are sharing links and creating content that is truthful and honest to you. And I think for anybody listening who's like, how can I create some passive revenue? It should not be a reach. It should Facts. be so supernatural. I too could be a passion planner uh, affiliate, yep. but I'm honestly not the best passion planner. If you open mine up, there's like only black ink. I barely do it. I really want to do it. And I do do it for bigger goals, but I do. mine does not look like yours. It just doesn't make sense for me. I am not the most organized person. So anytime I tell anybody about a, a passion plan, planner quote, I always get Which I appreciate. I use, hey. well, it just doesn't make sense. And I think it's really important to be authentic to who you are in every facet of your life, but especially in business, especially if you're putting yourself out there in social media and positioning yourself we're all an expert in something. So, and that's often what people are making their money on. So if you are positioning yourself as an expert of something and you want to use an affiliate link, that only makes sense. But I am not an expert on organization. So it doesn't make right. sense. Right. It's like uh, having a, a, Bosu, a Bosu ball link for, it's like, what? What does God do with my planner? <laughs> right, exactly. Well, on that note, do you have, tell us your tips for someone who, let's say they do have a business, let's say they do, you know, they have a presence, they, they have at least a community, an audience. What are your tips for getting started? They have no passive income. They have no idea what to do next. The biggest tip is just starting out with, with an audience to sell to. Because if you're just screaming out into the abyss and you have, you have no, you know, no one to, to sell to, then you're not going to make any passive income. However, say you do even have 50 followers, 100 followers, you don't need a ton of people in order to earn revenue. You just need some people. And then you need to have your honest, authentic list of things that you love or list of companies that you love. Go to those companies, see if they have an affiliate program, sign up for it. The only thing with that is you have to ask about the threshold. So what I mean by that is, let's say... 
let's say I, I had a BOSU link. I don't. I wish I did. They've commissioned me, so they pay me monthly on content that I create. But if I had a code, maybe they would say, all right, Candice, you're going to get $20 for every BOSU balance trainer that you sell. That's $99. And once you hit $500, we'll cut you your check. But until then, you're not going to get your check. So what happens is initially you're like, all right, everybody, check this out, check this out, check this out. And you make one or two sales and you've only had 40 or $60 in your account. And then you just forget about it. Life gets in the way and you've done some work, but you haven't hit that threshold. So that's what's really, uh, that's one thing you really want to look out for when you are applying to be an affiliate with a company. Just ask them what their threshold is and when do they pay. The other thing I would suggest is um, if you're like, I don't know what to sell. Well, what do you love? You've got to have, everybody has their favorite products, their favorite books, their favorite clothes. If it's sold on Amazon, Amazon is a fantastic affiliate program because let's say I give you a BOSU link that a BOSU that's sold on Amazon and it's through my affiliate link on Amazon and you click that and you check it out and you're like, eh, I don't know. I feel like I've got my old beat up BOSU. I don't I don't want to use that one. But you know what I do need? I need a new deck uh, couch for $500 and they buy that couch. You're going to get the commission on that couch because they only came to it through your link. So that's what, one of the reasons I love, I mean, everybody loves to hit on Amazon and I, I get it. I do. And it's very important to shop small whenever you can. But um, the beautiful thing for people who are trying to earn passive income is that Amazon just does it the best when it comes to affiliate links. Um, some businesses have are built on solely Amazon affiliate income. I have a uh, I've met a lot of people actually who that's the whole jam is like there's this account actually on Twitter that is genius and they just tweet out when there's like a great Amazon sale and they have great like they have over a hundred thousand followers and people are super engaged and it targets like black Twitter. So when there's something like, let's say the whole Will Smith moment, if something happens, it'll be like a punching bag or like, yeah, a punching bag. And it'll people, yeah. hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of people will buy it. And the whole business is that it's so fucking genius. Um, you touched on something about like when you said that example um, of hitting that threshold and how you put in some work and now you're not going to follow through or maybe you get distracted or whatever. Another thing to consider in the long term, I just wrote a blog about this, is a lot of people will, you know, they have these digital courses, they have these workshops, they can host them somewhere and they'll choose platforms like Kajabi or Mighty Networks. I have, I host my community in Mighty Networks, but I only have the community plan. So it's $40 a month versus if I hosted courses in Mighty Networks, it's $119 a month. And so that means that as I'm selling that course, as long as I'm going to sell that course, I have to pay $120 a month to host that course, to sell that passively. Let's say it's a $99 course. That means I sell one a month. I'm still not breaking even with the cost of hosting it. So as you create your passive products, especially if they're digital, um, keep in mind the long-term cost. It's why I love platforms like Notion because that's where I organize all of my courses. I'm already going to pay $10 a month anyway to, to use it because it's my life. Um, and then now I can just- Ten bucks a month. I didn't yeah. know that. Do I pay that? Probably. I well, if you have a certain amount of blocks, then yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I. Um, their platform that I love, and I don't know if you know about this one, Gumroad. Ah, it's love. free. I sell my um, they, Notion templates through Gumroad. Yeah, they're the best. I love. And them. right, and because it's like okay, eight percent. It is a bit steep for Gum. Like Gumroad takes eight percent, and then if you process through Stripe, it's three percent and change, and then PayPal is about the same. But versus one twenty a month, I mean, <laughs> there's no comparison. 
Well, and they also have fantastic customer service because the thing is like, I want this to be as passive as possible. So I don't want to be logging on to deal with emails. Facts. I can't find it. Here, here's the email for Gumroad. They will help you out. Do you have any other um, tips for passive product design? I don't think so. Just the most important tip, and this goes for anything in business or online in general, is just be authentic. Be yourself. The second you veer from that, it is not going to work. I can't tell you how many times I've turned down jobs from like, ugh, promoting products that I just never in a million years would use or eat myself. So people will see right through that. Don't do it for the dollar. And that's your brand. Like I, that's the number one thing, right? Is yeah. you want trust. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nah. Um, my last tip is I like to approach passive income from the other side as well. Um, I'm big on I win, we win. I want If I'm getting money, I want everyone to get money. And one thing about working with me is you will get some money or you'll save money. Um, so I have incorporated passive income for other people into my passive products. For example, um, I just launched a digital course and I emailed the 20 participants of this course and said, hey, if you want to be an affiliate, I'll give you 20% of each sale. I started the course at 333. And so every time they sell through their link, they get paid, I get paid, someone gets to learn, everyone wins. Another way that I've done this is I'm actually about to do today is I have a, this monthly group called the Selfish Society. It's a group of women. Um, and they talk about it all the time. And so I'm going to make an ambassador program, which Mighty Networks lets you make an ambassador program, which is dope. And so every time someone joins through their link, they get some cash. Um, so again, it's a great way to get paid for things that I'm already doing anyway. And if someone wants to sell for me. Even better. And then not only that is it converts to customers, but also a growth in your community. Facts. And I think that can't be stressed enough when you're going into business. Like, yeah, your product is great. Your brand is great. But your community is where it all comes from. You can have a great product, but if your community or your your trust or, um, or your reputation isn't quite there, then your business is going to suffer. So the community is really everything. Absolutely. Or you're going to be chasing more followers, right? Trying to get more people in so some new people to pay for some shit or yeah. I think that's the thing. Like a lot of people will look at somebody, you know, one of, one of the like bikini gram girls and say, oh, this person has 1.5 million followers and I only have 500. How can I build a brand off that? Well, you have to like consider the source. So if this person is only posting bikini pics and loving themselves, which by the way, I love, go for it. I, you be, be you, do your best self, whatever. But if they're just there for the likes, that doesn't convert into any mm -hmm. money. And if the the people watching are, you know, middle-aged or 20-year-old men, what are you going to sell that's going to convert to any kind of money? So you don't have to think about the viability of your business in terms of how many followers you have or what your community is like. You have to consider the quality of, of the personality of your brand, I guess, and the people who are following there and build upon that. It's not about the the quantity. It's about the quality. Facts, that engagement and answering people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my people who live in my DMs, I love them. They're my faves. 
I love it. I mean, we're very biased. That. We both are very big on sharing our lives. I mean, that's a big part of it, though, is like if you're creating authentic passive products and that relates to you genuinely, then while I'm chilling on a Friday talking about how I'm sipping some mezcal while doing work, I can post about also here's what I'm working on, this digital cleaning thing that I just made. And then it's relevant. And then you can post the links all the time. It takes two extra seconds to post a link on your Instagram story. And now you just got some money from a few people. And so, yeah, exactly. keep it authentic. Okay. Any other tips? I think that's it. Um, well, I do have a question. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before. Oh, like right now, right? You just launched your nutrition vibe. Hey, what's your vibe on, we talked about lead times before and how both of us sometimes can just like, I thought of this idea, dive here. <laughs> I thought about this nutrition offering. So it's a, here's what I did. I graduated from my nutrition program. I got a kitchen to build. I got dog. <laughs> my natural people, the, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm being super shameless right now. There is a link in my bio on Instagram, and one of the buttons there is buy me a coffee. I'm not using it for coffee. I'm using it for vet bills. My vet bill was over $400. Ooh, is that with insurance? I don't have pet insurance. Why not? I never got it. And then I, you have to get it when they're puppies. Really? Yeah. They're, they were like, basically, he won't be covered because he already has. Oh, shit. Pets, so. Yeah, and it's thousands of bucks, and I'm just like, well, wow. okay. So I asked how much does it cost to get a dog cremated and all these wow. questions. So anyway, I have bills to pay, my <laughs> friends. Anyway, I graduated from my nutrition course. That course, I think, was like a um, thousand bucks or something. And so I thought, okay, I got to make this money back, and I need to start expanding. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. It goes hand in hand with what I already do. It was a natural fit, Right. So I did a bunch of free consults and uh, created all this information for them, did their individual numbers, macro numbers, calorie count, whatever. And I said, how much would you pay for this? Be honest. And they, they said, this is a ton of information. I feel so much more prepared going to the grocery store, having a plan for my meals during the week. And I know what I should be eating in order to meet my goals. Hmm. I would probably pay around $500 oh. for this. So I said, okay, well, I want to do this on a bigger scale with more people. I want to charge a discounted rate of $3.99 for three months. And with that, you get an individual consult and then you get a ton of information, all your shopping lists, what proteins are good, what do I do if I'm a vegan and I, I'm eating beans? Well, beans aren't a complete protein, so you need to have other proteins in there in order to make it a complete protein, blah, blah, blah. So all this information – and I thought it up and I was like, all right, I got to do it right now. And then I had, I was like, have restraint, Candace. Have restraint. Suss it out a bit more. Start to a bit more. You're not going to just jump in and start it tomorrow. So I gave myself two and a half days instead of just Okay, one. dope. Look, progress. And so and actually, and my question was going to be, you know, if you're making a passive product, let's say, for example, I'm designing a Notion course, which is on my list for this year, um, is to make like this full, you know, a course, whatever. Uh Everybody needs it. Please Need do it. and it's just, and, it's, and again fits my brand right. So authentic. I yeah. I'm I'm wet just thinking about it. Honestly, this is my dream. I will take it, <laughs> even though I know how to use Notion, but I always feel like I can do a better job. You can always learn something more, and then I want like inter you know the whole beginner, intermediate, advanced, yeah, all of it. Um, ooh, about to about to launch it today. <laughs> right. But in that regard, you know, I was going to ask you 
do you take people along for the journey? So for example, if I'm making this notion course, cause actually I'm going to fucking launch this this weekend. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it up for pre-sale and I'm going to walk people through the process so that way that they can tell me, Oh, this is what I need help with. Da da da. And I was going to ask you if you do the same, but you actually kind of, you did do that with your nutrition vibe because you talked about it. I'm doing this course. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Cause I want to make sure that I actually fuck with it. And then boom. And it's like this beautiful lead up to Candace, the nutritionist. Um, right. Was it intentional? Was it accidental? Was it both? It was, so it was, it was a little bit of both. It was intentional in that I wanted it on people's radars, but I also found it very annoying that every time I posted about it, I also had to be sure to say, I'm not telling you what it is. I'm not telling you who this course is. Because a lot of times I think that people will see what we do and they're like, oh, I got to sign yeah. up so I can do that. And First of all, I don't know if I even really love the course. I'm only halfway through, you know, so I didn't want to I didn't want to be an ambassador for the course if it ended up sucking. And it didn't suck, but there are areas of improvement and I'll write a whole blog post about it so people can make an informed decision, but I think a lot of times people they just see what's going on and they want to hop on the train even though they haven't waited to see how it really is. Um and I never want to recommend something if I don't love it. But at the same time, I do want to take you along for the ride. I do want you to have it on your radar to see my process and what what all went into studying for it and what did I learn and what was covered and the work and effort that went into it, I think is really important. Because especially when you've got an on, a majority online business like I do, I think a lot of times it can seem very fluffy. Like it's so easy to just wake up, do a post, here's a Amazon affiliate link, <laughs> go get a massage. It's, that's not how it is at all. So I think it's important to show the behind the scenes and the background. A lot of times, you know, people who who don't know that I'm online and I try to explain what I do, they say, so what do you do all day? And so that's why I really started showing more of the behind the scenes to, to paint the picture because it's not a traditional nine to five job. And the know? slightest. And it's like, yeah, I, we, I mean, I wish my day was all like, wake up and get massages and sometimes it is but mm-hmm. <laughs> not all the time um all right any other tips for a newbie about to launch some shit some new passive products i think so we covered it all right dope all right let's take a quick break I offer consultations designed to get my community to success with ease. One of my most popular is focused on all things passive product design. We go through your business structure and what your expertise is in order to brainstorm your next passive product. We'll map out each step to bringing the product to fruition, and I'll give you tips on how to minimize your costs throughout the process. You can book this consultation and mucho others at lifemade.com slash consults. That's lifemade, M-A-E-D.com slash consults. I'll talk to you soon. Where am I talking to them at? Well, I guess in the consult. I guess, yeah, I guess when the consult. <laughs> Friends, recording a podcast is the wildest thing. We always Takes like that, and then we laugh about it, and then we think we'll cut them out. But nah, we just and Dan leaves them. I love that it's him. That because then it's like behind the scenes. This is what really happens. We say, "Ciao, ciao." I'll talk to you soon. When are, when, when are we talking to them? Or Where? see you soon. Where it's a podcast. <laughs> um, all right. So tell us about your tell us about your your um your streams, but also you've been in the game for over a decade now. So could you, as you tell us these different um, passive income streams, can you tell us when they came about? How recent are they? And how, yeah, how long have you been doing them? Okay. So I started my blog in 2012, which sounds so crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it's 
2022. That is so wild. And I posted every day, again, from a really authentic place. I was just like, I want to find a blog that I would want to read because nothing is making sense for me. So about a year into my blog, I realized in the back end that there was a little monetization button um, on my YouTube channel. So I was posting on YouTube once a week, same time every day, same length, because I think I only had 15 minutes available to me to record as a beginner. That's what, sh- that's what you used to be able to get. Um, and then I clicked that little monetization button. I was like, what's this? And then I realized, oh, I didn't know I could make money over this. And so that's how that launched. And then as my blog grew and as we started getting traction, I had a company reach out to me. And there are a bunch of companies like this, but basically they're an ad uh, I don't know. They're like an advertising server company. And so they put some sort of code on your website. And every time people go to your website, they're served an ad in the like upper right hand corner. And however many um, exposures that ad has, you get like half of a half of a cent. But it adds up, especially if you have a large readership, which I did at one point have. Um, and so then it was like, you know, a couple hundred bucks and then it's a couple thousand bucks a month. And, and all of that just continued to grow. So then I would write blog posts on, you know, my favorite smoothie and in my favorite smoothie, um, well, first of all, I'm using a Vitamix. So I would link that through Amazon. Um, and then I'm also going to use, you know, uh, chia seeds, organic chia seeds. And here's the link to those. And so every single time I mentioned something that I, could find on Amazon or through one of the other affiliate links, I would just link it because it's natural. It's natural conversation. And then those blog posts still go viral to this day and I'll still make money off of those. So in that way, it is passive. So that's one of the the ones, the blog, um, social affiliate accounts. So Amazon Saqqara is one of my um, affiliate accounts. That's a meal delivery service that's vegan. It's really good. I'm not even vegan and I use it. I think it's fantastic. Factor Meals is another one I use. Um, again, meal delivery service. It's delicious, organic, um, grass-fed, wild meats, and lots of veggies. Then there's another one called Shop Style Collective. Um, it's kind of like an Amazon, but it's different. So they own – Shop Style Collective is the company, and then they work with all these different stores – Nordstrom, Saks, Dick's Sporting Goods, Walmart, you can name any store and it's probably through there. And then instead of having a threshold for, say, Walmart in particular, you could sell one thing from Walmart, one thing from Home Depot, one thing from Barnes & Noble, one thing from Nordstrom, and they pay you every month. And I think they're they're, – I don't know what it is, maybe 50 bucks or something. So every month you get a direct deposit. And then another one I have is BetterHelp. So that's um, online counseling. So those are my affiliate links. And then as I mentioned, YouTube. So my tip for YouTube, if anybody is is looking to launch a YouTube channel, is to create content that is evergreen whenever you can. So evergreen is a term that just means it is always relevant. It's not like, here's my Halloween makeup video and here are all the links for my Halloween makeup. That's only going to do well on October's throughout October's. It's not going to do well in January. Um, But if you do something like, here's how I track my way to success through my, um, what's the thing? Passion planner. And you show the templates, that's always, people are always looking to become more organized. So that's something that's evergreen. 
The other, um, so YouTube is owned by Google. And for anybody who doesn't understand how that works, basically when you click a YouTube video, it'll pop up and there'll be a little X that you have to click out of that, or it's going to show you an actual ad and you have to watch five seconds of that ad and then you can click out of it. Every time you click out of it, the creator makes half of a half of a half of a cent. So it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it does add up over time. And if you have a large following, it it adds up. I mean, like I've said in other podcasts, it, the YouTube alone paid for my commercial rental space over the pandemic. Otherwise, I would have had to, I don't know, deal with that. <laughs> Another way I make money is through Instagram. So Instagram has a um, thing in the back end called bonuses. I actually just apparently violated a rule and I think it's I – don't, I don't even know why. Um, but anyway, I'm not allowed to make money for like three weeks on Instagram. It's so stupid. But in the back end, if you've got a business account and you're a creator, you can check off that you're ready to monetize your stuff and you make – you know, you can make up – they set a, a cap every month and – Initially, the cap was 200 bucks, then it was 500 bucks and 800 bucks. And I don't know if that's specific to me or if it's everybody across the board, but there is money there to be made. And it's a nice incentive to continue to create high quality content and content regularly. So if you're a creator, definitely make sure that you know, you've poked around in the back end to see if you're eligible for that. In that same vein, because Instagram is always trying to be like everybody else, TikTok was the first to do it with the creator fund. So again, you're going to look in the back end of your TikTok account, be a part of the creator fund, which I think you can do once you get 10,000 followers. I'm not totally sure about that. Um, but again, it's half of a half of a half of a half of a cent. And over time, it adds up and people make millions off of it. I also make money off online offerings. So my Gumroad videos, essentially the, the cool thing about Gumroad is you can rent videos and you can download videos to own. Um, or courses. It doesn't have to be videos, but I use my videos on there. So I've already created, you know, 15-minute morning yoga to wake up on my YouTube channel. But I know a lot of people – well, this is back before the pandemic – but a lot of people would travel and then they wouldn't have access to high-quality Wi-Fi or maybe they'd go camping and they want to own that video on their phone. And you can do it illegally through, you know, whatever, downloading it from – YouTube, or you can just pay $2.99 or whatever it is to rent it, and then you have it on your phone until you watch it, or you can own it, and you can set that price as the creator. So I think my price for owning is like $7, um, but I, there's also a great little option on Gumroad where you can say the minimum amount is this that I'll take, but if you want to pay me more, I'll take that too. So I've had people pay $25 for a video because they felt it was worth it, and that's just so nice. I love that option through Gumroad. And then I have digital courses. So one of them on my website is the Postpartum Core Reconnection Program. And it's, um, it's, it was intended for postpartum women, but actually it's really wonderful for anybody who needs to reconnect to their core. Um, men, anybody who lifts heavy, uh, anybody who has like dysfunctional breathing, any kind of incontinence issues, that would be really helpful for them. And it's a it's a great course that I created and now it just lives on my site and I focus on other things while those sales come in. Fire. Love it. We call this a motherfucking masterclass on passive income, <laughs> but it's so dope to see, but also it's a highlight um, because I know, you know, people can get overwhelmed and people are like, damn, I got to get started. Candace said 2012 is when she started her blog. Yeah. 
take your time, yeah. like focus on one thing at a time. You'll get there, um, get creative. And also these are the things that have worked for Candice and keep in mind that you can do things that work for you. This is not just a blueprint. This right. is what has worked for her, um, but iconic. Let mm -hmm. us never forget. And you said something also, just this is um, related to just income as a whole, is uh, choose your mm -hmm. price options. Because I've been doing that maybe the past three or four months. Uh, ConvertKit lets you do it too when you sell products. And people usually pay me double for the price that I put. And awesome. so just to everyone out there, something to consider is letting people choose their price and you know put the minimum for what you think it's worth, of course, um, and then let them take it from there. And you'll, you may be presently surprised. Anything else you want to add about your streams? Anything missing? You sure? I feel like later you're going to be like, oh, I forgot about this big one. Yeah, I, have, I mean, I have other ones for sure. Like, I mean, I have my book, Word. Um, but I have not really promoted that anymore. And I'm ready to kind of move away from that. And one day I'll write another book. Um, but today's not that <laughs> day. That was, a, that was a really big revenue stream. Um, and yeah, what else? I, Nada. I think that's. Yeah. For now. Later, she's going to message me. She's going to be like, oh, I thought of three more. <laughs> well, I'm sure there are more. But um, yeah, those are the ones just off the top of my head, which just goes to show you how big it can really get. You know, I, I make a very good living. And I mean, I'm just so grateful that passive income is, is a thing because it allows me to then go do other things, you know, host retreats, run an online teacher training. Um, you know, create merch, do my in-person trainings, um, teach yoga classes at my studio. Like the yoga classes, they don't even bring in that much money. You know, it's 25 bucks a head, which is kind of a – that does sound like a lot, but it's a standard for where I live and um, – or it's like normal where I live. But that's more about the community. So remember, I mean, it's not – of course, I love money. I want money. I don't – I want to be able to thrive. I grew up you know, with paycheck to paycheck kind of lifestyle, I do never want to be there again. So I, I feel really motivated to create a life where there is a, there isn't a lack of money. So I love money, but I also love the heart of the business, which is about connection. It's about helping people. It's about the community. I mean, when I was just sharing about Buckles and his health issues, he has dementia for anybody who hasn't, who doesn't know. Um, he just got that diagnosis. I had so many people reach out and with such kindness and love, and I really feel like I have a connection to the people that are in my little corner of the internet. And there's there's no greater feeling. It's the best. It's the best. Like people are so involved in a good way, just so involved. And I'm involved mm -hmm. with them. I just found out some woman I talk to all the time, just found out she was a nurse for a few years. Every time I find out something new, I'm like, wow. Like, I love this. Um, all right, dope. If you don't have any other streams until later, then let's take a quick break. I don't know about for you, but for me, I find that I just don't seem to have enough time in the day to take care of everything on my to-do list. So I look for ways to be more efficient with my time. One of those ways is through a meal delivery service like Sakara. Sakara offers fresh meals, teas, and supplements that are organic, plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, non-GMO, and never have refined sugar. I've tried lots of meal delivery services, and I do have to say that this one is definitely the most fresh, and the meals are surprisingly delicious. Like, so, so, so good. If you'd like to try it yourself, use code XOCANDACE, C-A-N-D-A-C-E, XOCANDACE for 20% off at Saqqara.com. That's XOCANDACE at Saqqara.com, or click the link in our show notes. All right, so I want to dive into, because it's related, 
um, the business of yoga. Obviously, that's how your business, your brand was built, Yoga by Candice, um, which we talked about. But I think you just, you have a lot of tips that you can offer for someone who is in this space or wants to get started in this space, even though understandably things have changed so much since you started. And I, just for anyone who's not listening, on the, the, the business side of yoga and wellness, I spent my 20s working in basically every type of gym, all the yoga studios across the world. And so this is something that I'm really passionate about as well. Um, to get started though, what tips do you have for someone who is in this space and they want to show up online and they want to create an income? I work with so many people in the wellness space and that's usually the first thing they come to me with is okay, I have this account, I post, I'm there, I'm present, but how do I turn this into money? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, let's back up because I feel like this is so applicable, whether you're a yoga teacher, personal trainer, or Megan, like I know you said, I, I have managed studios and gyms and this and that, but what you do really is wellness. I mean, you True. are transforming people's yeah. lives and the clutter in our brains wow. and making us and if that's not mental health, I don't know what That's it is. a great point. So, Thank you for that. That kind of changed yeah, the game. Yeah. No, I think you absolutely work in wellness. Yeah. And everything you do is rooted in that kind of heart and soul. It's not like, all right, corporate America, yeah. let's show it. Thank you for that. that. Got the wheels turning. Yeah, of course. So, okay. So how do you show up? See, this is where I worry that I'm not a good coach because I'm just like, you just do it. You just show up. I don't know what to tell you. Just do it. I would say that you need to be thinking about your why and your purpose first. So what are you what are you trying to offer? How are you trying to help? What problem are you trying to solve? And then the steps to getting there, solving people's problems, helping people, how can you monetize along the way in a really authentic way? So let's say um, my Let's take my nutrition program, for example. It's $3.99. That's, to me, that's a lot of money. Um, I do think it's worth it. And I'm going to be talking about, you know, snacks that I think are healthy and nutritious if you're somebody who doesn't have time to make your own. And I will link those snacks through my Amazon account. And I might share along the way some of those snacks. And so that's a way to monetize as I continue to get people over to the nutrition program itself. So I would say map it out. What do you offer? How do you help people? What is your ticket ticketed item? And then work back from, backwards from there and how can you monetize as you tell people about it? So even if somebody doesn't buy your $399 product, maybe you have a couple other people who buy other things along the way as you're talking about that product, if that makes sense. That entirely makes sense for sure. And also something that's been super relevant for me and something I'm working on right now is market research. And you know, like you said, figuring out your why. And then once you know who your audience is, let's say you know, you're, a, you're a yoga instructor and you're targeting millennial women ages 29 to 34. Well, hit up all the millennial women you know, ages 29 to 34, make a quick survey, ask them things like, where do you show up online? Where do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? How do you treat yourself self-care wise? What's a, what's a self-care priority for you? Where are you struggling right now? How do, you, how, are your, how do your days feel unfulfilled? Are you fulfilled? And start to ask that community question so then you have guidance on your content and what to create. That's one. And the second thing I would say is um, like... 
it's a big reason why I was hesitant with even claiming the word coach is because of the coaching space online and the people who show up within that space are not my vibe. Um, but I'm taking that as a, as a even bigger reason to show up within that space, right? For the people who need the mm -hmm. people like me, I'm not going to show up and be like, it's you girl, you know, you got this, you're the fire, be the flame be the flame. It's not going to fucking happen. I'm going to show up and be like, listen, I got this new shit. Let me tell you about it. Um, <laughs> but people need, people need you. It sounds so corny. I know, but like people need you as you are. And so I would say as you start showing up online, I know for some people it can be very cringy. I can't relate again. I could be on camera all day. No problem. No problem. I, I get distracted on these calls because I'm just looking at myself. What's up with us? No, I'm looking at you, but I'm like also looking at me the whole yeah, time. Yeah, both. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. What you've described, a couple things. You've described understanding your customer. Mm -hmm. And so that's super important because you want to know everything about your ideal customer, mostly because you're never going to appease everybody. So figure out who your, who your ideal customer is and know them inside and out. Know where they shop, where they vacation, how they self-care, all the things that May talked about. Then you're going to find out, uh, then you're going to figure out who you are, the brand, you, the brand. Are you the, hey, sunshines, you are fire. Like, are, is that you as the coach or the salesperson or the face of the brand? Or are you like, hey, everybody. How are you doing today? Do you do the double wave? Do you do the one wave? Do you do peace out? What's your thing, right? Be you. And then more importantly, I would say equally important is show us who you mm -hmm. are. So the reason why I show up on in, on my Instagram stories and – I mean today, this today I posted a, a photo of myself arriving to dance class the practice of the choreography that we learned and the actual choreography that we learned. Why? It has nothing to do with my business, but it's who I am. It's a huge part of who I am. And if you've been following my journey long enough, you saw when I first started dance and how garbage I was at it. And now I'm like, meh, okay. Now you've made a lot of progress though. And Thank it's you. dope that you but showed you that. Well, and that's the whole thing. So that's who I am. I show up and I'm okay being a beginner and I'm okay looking stupid online. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me for the most part, um, especially not strangers on the internet. So that's that's important. I think that's who I am. And so that message communicates that if you work out with me and you trip or you stumble or you can't catch the step of what I'm trying to ask you to do, I don't give a shit. Like I'm going to be nice to you about it. I don't, I don't care. Not that I don't care, but it's just not a big deal to me. I don't judge anybody by that. Same thing if it comes to the nutrition. You, you just can't seem to stick with it or you can't seem to follow through. Well, guess what? I've been there and I've showed you that I've been there through the dance, right? So show up, show us part of your day. Show us whatever you're comfortable with showing us in terms of your family. I show a lot of Dan online yes, and I show a lot of – The best way. <laughs> And he's like, he's such a quirky weirdo that I love so much. And he just cracks me up. And it's a, obviously he's a huge part of who I am. But his his humor and our relationship that I show online is so honest and true to who we are. And that communicates information. It communicates so much about the type of people I like. It communicates that if you come to Kenya with us in August, you're going to have 
all the laughs ever because it's Dan. And then you'll hear our bickering, which is just also laughable. And it'll be really fun. You'll feel comfortable. So show us whatever you are comfortable showing us online because it's, I mean, it communicates so much information about who you are with, as the brand. And you said a great point about uh, attracting your people because I know for me, I was, I think I said this on another one, I was really nervous about making my consultations like open to the public to book. And I forget right. who it was, but they were like, nah, like through showing yourself and your, your vibe, you're going to attract your people. And I would say I can identify like one person that I've been on a, on a call with that, that was new to me where we did, it was like, eh, you know, this is cool. I was helpful, but nothing to yeah. move forward with here. And so it, it really does work. When I have done retreats, the only time that I've ever advertised elsewhere, aside from just my social uh, platforms, that was the one time that I had a person that was like, wow, you are not, you are not like the rest wow. of us. One of us is not like the other. And I asked, you know, how did you hear about this retreat? And she's like, oh, I found it on this random website. And I was like, there oh, we go. That explains everything. And that's why I don't advertise anywhere else anymore. Cause it's, I would rather have a smaller group of cool people who were all on the same wavelength versus a ton of people who were all over the place. Preach. And I think also a lot of what you said is uh, your tips are basically being vulnerable with your audience. As uh, someone who has struggled in the past with vulnerability, I can't even recognize who I am sometimes because I just be broadcasting all the shit. Um, <laughs> but I have a coaching client and I asked her the other day, like, you know, like, why do you enjoy working with me? And like, how am I great at what I do? Because I wanted to hear from her. And she said, one of the things she said was, you're so vulnerable with us, which allows us to be vulnerable with you and ourselves. And mm -hmm. how I got here was I... I think it was 2018. Yeah. Each, each year, each, I choose a, a word, a theme, like the true corny Megan that I am. And in 2018, my word was vulnerability. And in order to be vulnerable with other people, you got to learn to be, for me anyway, I have to learn how to be vulnerable with myself. And that looks like, um, you know, you ever get like a feeling of like, let's say you're, you're jealous about something and you're like, you brush it aside. Like, ew, no, I'm not. Nah, you like you are stay there for a second, you know? Ask yeah. yourself why. And usually, especially an emotion or whatever, like jealousy, it's really not even the jealousy. There's something else under there. But for me, it was like really sitting with uncomfortable feelings with myself and allowing myself to feel those things and asking myself questions about why I feel those ways that allow me to then in turn be, be open with my friends and, and express and, be, and speak up for myself with my friends, right? When I feel a certain way, which now has led to me, again, exposing my entire personal life on the internet, especially through the Friday report. <laughs> but I'm happy I'm here. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I had a resolution one year to just be nicer mm. and be somebody that I would want to be friends with. And so every time that knee-jerk reaction of like, oh, God, I can't stand that person, I would say, oh, what about that person can I not stand? And more often than not, it was a trait or a thing that they've done that was so close to what I either used to do or it was a piece of my identity that I didn't every love. Every time. And when you sit with it. When you sit with it and you sift through it and you get to the root of it, you realize it's not jealousy or hatred about that other person. It's something that you don't like within yourself. So then just making that switch and changing it and becoming the person that you want to be friends with, that you actually enjoy and you like is so powerful because then you move through the world like, I don't give a shit what anybody – like I really don't except for my close circle of family and Of friends. course, because, uh, yeah, they matter. But, to, you know, to an extent, I'm not going to change my identity. That's yes. how I feel about homophobes. Yeah. I'm always like, are you gay? Because how, how are you mad at someone for being gay right now? That's weird. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It is it's weird. It's weird as fuck. 
Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so on the flip side, we've talked a lot about online. Uh, it's weird mm-hmm. to even for me to even think, but like there are still brick and mortar places <laughs> in this pandemic yeah. world. Did you know? Do you have one? what tips do you have especially 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 for right now in a pandemic world okay so brick and mortar it's a totally different beast growing a brick and mortar space versus an online space it is a totally different curriculum and set of rules and I, i mean it's just so crazy how wildly different it is So things like I don't like to give people immediate access to me online, but when you're running a brick and mortar like a yoga studio or a very small personal training boutique studio like I was, people needed to have my number. And I I just – I felt so crazy giving my number out to total strangers, but strangers have it. And I would say it just – it takes time. It takes patience. Word of mouth is the absolute most powerful thing on the planet ask yourself logistic things. Like, first of all, do you even need a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. or can you just survive online? Because I'm telling you, not having to pay rent, utilities, internet, all those things, for what? If you don't have to do it, for what? If you want to do it and it's a part of your business plan, get really specific on the space. Don't just take any old space. Don't pick a space in a bad part of town. Don't pick a space with no parking if you need parking. Don't pick a space with high tra- high foot traffic if you don't need the high foot tra- traffic. Or pick a space with the high foot traffic if you need it. What's your sign look like? Is it visible from the road? Is there lighting in the parking area? Did you need a dimmer at your yoga studio and you fucking forgot to ask your landlord for one so now you just have really <laughs> bright lights in your studio, Candice? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Find a solution. Order off Amazon through your own affiliate link and get your dimming lights. I use my Um, own links too. Yeah, you have to. And what's the vibe? And does that vibe, can it it move from your online life to your brick and mortar space? Do you have things like actual pamphlets? No, I don't have those, but I've been trying to do those forever. Is your website easy to navigate and people can people find it? Do your Google review. Um, ask your people to do Google reviews. It's so, so important. I got a brand new client the other day. He's working out with me three times a week. Um, private client. Basically, the only reason he found me is because he Googled best personal trainer in the name of the town that my business Word. is in. And I popped up and he sent me a message and was like, your name keeps popping up. What's your, what are you all about? What's going on? Um, and that's why. It's because my SEO was really good on my website. And by the way, I do business coaching for that. So She's an SEO beast. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I also, you you touched on um, the patience, right, of, of growing. Um, again, I've worked in a f- quite a few places and I do have some tips, things to consider that I've seen work really well. I worked at a CrossFit gym and every month they had buddy days. And CrossFit gyms, if you haven't been, they are, I think, there are, there are a lot of problems with CrossFit, for sure, if you know, you know. Um, but the flip side, one thing they do well is community. They, I, you could write it. I'm sure things have been written on it, actually. But CrossFit kills it with community vibes, especially if you're part of CrossFit and you travel and you roll up at a new box. People are hype. Oh, mm-hmm. my God, where are you from? They always buy a T-shirt. So that's great revenue, too, is like CrossFit vibes. Or you always buy a T-shirt when you're visiting a new box. But this particular gym had a great community, and they did buddy days. So every month. You could bring a friend for free and they would walk you through a workout, but it wouldn't be as CrossFit-ish as it could be. It would be like, you know, a great intro because also injury, da, da, da. So that was one thing that works really well. Another thing is um, I have a friend, Lavelle. He's a new bit, new gym owner. 
And he went to this conference like last weekend and he said it changed his life. And it was this guy who's run a bunch of gyms and he has all these tips. And one of his things was to give gift cards to your top people, like your number, you know, your number one sellers, give them a gift card of four for dinner. And that way, when you're at dinner, if everyone's, you know, let's say everyone's from Hartford and they're sitting at dinner, what's going to come up during that conversation is, yo, how'd you get this free dinner? Like, why are we even here? And what's going to come up is that someone's going to be like, oh, my gym, like, you know, I love this place and they gave me this free dinner for all of us. And so now you're bringing up your name in rooms that you aren't even in. It's naturally coming up and maybe you spent, you know, 150, you know, 200 on this dinner, but that could now be three additional members that are paying for the year or or longer. So that's another one. Um, One that worked really well at the CrossFit box that I last worked at was um, they would repurpose the space because, you know, rent is rent. Rent is no games right now. And so what Mm -hmm. they would do is, and this was actually a, a company, it was a traveling comedy company and they would look for gyms and stuff to use their spaces to do these touring comedy shows and actually were good um so they would use this space once a month they would um sell tickets to this comedy show and i think they got like they got paid for the space and 50 percent of ticket sales and yeah one show that we were at had at least probably almost 100 people because it's a box it was a pretty big box and it was in providence so um yeah. So that's another way is like, how can you repurpose the space? Same with if you have a yoga space, can you rent it out to yoga teachers to use for their instruction? The ones who don't have their own space who want to host a class, can you rent out an hour for this amount of this, this set of price? That's super common with yoga studios as well. And then something, another thing I used to work at this MMA gym uh, in DC called Beta. And they did community days because they weren't just talking about it. They were about it. They were about the community. And so they would do, they would get a bounce house for the kids. They would um, have someone watching the kids so the parents could step away and do a Muay Thai demo. Um, they would have face painters come and it would turn into a legit block party and they would pay for everything. And yes, that's an investment, but they really were about the community and they were willing to put their money behind it. And in turn, they got news crews who showed up. They got put in the newspaper about it. And then they also, they had kids programs. So they made it centered around children. Children bring their parents. So now you're targeting two different demos at the same time. Um, And then lastly, just- Don't sleep on the news people. I have a news person come to my studio once. I killed her with kindness. I gave her free classes. Anytime I had an idea for a story, I pitched it to her. She always wrote word, and I got so many, um, so many people from from the, from the articles that she. Oh, wrote. that's dope! And that was local. Like she was someone that just showed up. Yeah. Nice. People still read the paper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All the same, if you still read the paper, <laughs> or I'm sure newspapers like do like Instagram posts or something now. Who knows? Um, Maybe. And the last tip for if you, you know, I think it's clear, like a key to the, to brick and mortar is creating that community vibe, just as it is online, but especially in person. And something I see often, if it's understandable, if you don't have the space, if you have a smaller space, but if you do have space for it, even if it's just a couch, create somewhere in your space where people can like sit down and chat. Um, and yes, maybe you don't want them to linger around, but you're building that community. Um, it means that th- they can come 15 minutes before class and sit down and see, they know they're going to see Linda every Thursday and say, oh my God, Linda, how's the kids? And now if they haven't gone to class in two weeks, they're like, man, I wonder how Linda's doing and how the kids went with their that special doctor's appointment. So however you can do that within your space, I know it's tough sometimes when they're small, but create community within that space. And then if you want to take it a step further, put the merch by those by that space. 
The other thing I would add to is take a look at the people around you. So what I mean by that is I looked at a couple different spaces and I went with a space that's right next to a sports medicine doctor. So awesome. I've referred people to her. She's referred people to me. She helped. She she essentially treated me for free. She's amazing when I had my herniation. She's absolutely fantastic. And we just get along so well. So if you can strategically pick a spot that's in the same vein as what you do, then that really works. And landlords like that too. Like if you're in a um not a, a plaza, mall, but like some yeah, a plaza like that, and you're a CrossFit gym, and there's a Chinese restaurant and a dollar store. It's probably not a great True. fit, but if it's you know a little mom and pop grocery store or a coffee shop, something like that, that'll make a little bit more sense. And you can always collaborate, and you can refer people to each other or put little discount cards in their at their front desk if that makes sense. So. Use those people for networking and um, reciprocal business. That's a great tip. I love that. Super strategic. Um, and that reminded mm-hmm. me of something the the CrossFit owner he used to do is every month he he went, this was like something he tasked himself with. Every month he went to a different fitness space in Providence or in Rhode Island. And that way he's also building connections. You're meeting people in class. He's an attractive guy. So I'm sure you know women are like, oh, what are you doing here? And this is something <laughs> he did. Um, he did this every month and he wore the CrossFit Providence shirt. Every, so, you know, simple things. Um, and also he got to work out while trying new spaces. So, boom. All right. So on the same vein, in the same vein, on the same vein, I guess in the vein, right? Because you want to be on someone's vein. Um, retreats. Retreats have seemed to be a big piece of your business. Um, when did you start with them? My first one was in Santa Barbara in California. No, I lie. The first one was in Ibiza before I left Germany. And my I just had built a big following for my yoga uh, classes in Germany because it was really different from what was being offered there. And before I left, they were like, hey, can we we do like a trip together? A yoga urlaub? And I said, sure, yeah, we can do that. And so we went to Ibiza and it was amazing. It was so beautiful. It was like 14 or 15 of us. And yeah, retreats became quickly a huge part of my business. Most I've ever made on a retreat is $26,000. The least I've ever made was in the negative thousands because uh, I was just an idiot and I didn't know any better. So it's really important to make sure you have all your T's crossed and I's dotted. And so some tips I would offer are decide where you want to host it. Make sure it's easy to get to. Um, you don't want people taking planes, trains, and automobiles for one little trip, um, which was an actual thing when I scouted a place in uh, – where was it? Uh, I don't remember where it was. Somewhere in South America, uh, Central America, Panama. Oh. That's where it, was. it was just too hard to get to. And I know my my customer, and my customer is a woman between twenty and forty five who typically will come alone, and she's usually not very well traveled. So I need it to be easy to get to for them, just to calm any anxieties. So make it really easy to get to. Scout the place first if you can. Um, and while you're there, you're going to get content so that you can promote it. Or maybe you decide like that plan in a place. I didn't love it, but I still filmed stuff for my YouTube channel. I made a walking meditation video, all these things. So it's not a wasted trip for you in any sense of the word. It's still, still business. You're still working. You're just not going to host your retreat there. If you're going to host it at a hotel, you're going to pay higher rates, but you're going to have a better peace of mind. If you're hosting it at a rented villa, a VRBO or something like that, 
you have a lot of risk, a ton of risk, mostly that you have to pay for the entire thing yourself. And if you don't sell it out, it's going to be a problem. So assume that you can only sell half of the rooms or a third of the rooms and price it accordingly. Because the time, the one time I lost thousands, it was because I priced it as if the entire thing would be filled. And then I only filled it like half of the way. So the rest of it was, was on me. Um, you also assume a ton of liability when you book a VRBO or an Airbnb like that. Things like, I mean, I had a scorpion in somebody's room and the my friend that I had hired to work with me for the week there, she was from Costa Rica. She's like, Candace, if anyone here is allergic to uh, scorpions, you picked a fucking place that's four hours from the closest mm. hospital. Like, what were you? I was like, oh my God, I didn't know. Um, and then certain things like you got to be careful about who's coming on these retreats. If you're in a beautiful villa all by yourself and you're in Central America and some of these people are going out getting tipsy and telling the locals like, oh, yep. it's a bunch of American girls at this place. Now you've got people knocking down your door to rob you or worse. So you have to be really cognizant of all of those things. I never go anywhere by myself. I always bring security in the form of silly day <laughs> or you know, someone else. I, I never go somewhere by myself because you just don't know who's out there. Even if you have 500 followers, if you're hosting a retreat somewhere and people are showing up and you don't personally know them, you you truly don't personally know them. So your safety is at True, risk. with the attendees themselves. And even you mentioned, you know, from the security perspective, but also from the, the hosting perspective, that's something during my consoles for retreats that I like drill home into people. I, every single person, I'm like, you got to get a helper and not just a helper. You got to have another point of contact you got. And also I would just say, with what you said, the hotels and the Airbnbs, just if, especially if it's your first, get a hotel, resort, whatever, just call it a day because food um, is, is too much. And then also if- Transportation, where do you go for the massage? What's the best restaurant? If I want to leave, you don't know unless you know. Even um, if you know. But yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's going to take so much stress off your plate. And then other things to consider is how, how are you as a host? So if I'm arriving the same day you're all arriving and it's a 12-hour flight, I'm going to feel just as garbage yep. as you are, but I don't have the luxury to have that like snippy little attitude. Welcome, and that guys. Hi, everybody. I have to be on. Everything's fine. If I get food poisoning, what's going to happen? If I get sick from the water, what's going to happen? So you have to have plans. You have to arrive early. You have to think of every worst-case scenario, and I'll tell you this right now. Every terrible situation that's happened on retreats of mine have always stemmed from alcohol. On the mm. So I want to let people drink or no. Good one. And that's your perspective. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm not surprised though. Especially, I mean, you're traveling, right? It's a yoga retreat, but you're still abroad. They're like, fuck them kids. I'm away from them. Well, no, it's a yoga retreat, but I'm Candace. I'm not, you know, I'm not moonshine cloud. <laughs> You know, I'm going to be like, hey, come if you want. Don't come if you don't want. You want to shop. You want to come to class. You want to sleep in. Do what you want to do. It's your trip. But we're all adults here. So I had no problem with people going off and drinking. Um, and, you know, some people would go on wine tours and they wouldn't come back for the afternoon session. I don't care. You're in Italy. Go on mm -hmm. your wine tour. Have the best time. They were wonderful people. And I never had an issue in, the, in that particular one. But sometimes, I mean, <laughs> one retreat I did was advertised – I don't know what I was thinking. Did I talk about this already? It was a, a spring break retreat. Uh, you I didn't wanted talk about it to this. 
I wanted it to be a healthy alternative to spring That's so cute. break. Yeah, it was a shit show. <laughs> it was an absolute fucking what shit happened? show. Oh, hey, where God. was it, first of all? The, it was in Miami. Oh, all right. <laughs> and, and well, because I it needed it to be cheap. And so, you, yeah, Miami is not cheap. Nothing is cheap in the States. That's the other yes. thing. People are like, can we just go to like Los Angeles? No, nah. we can't because everything's expensive. Can we just go to upstate? No, we can't. Anyway, <laughs> the problem was that one of the people signed up, he was a college kid, signed up for him and his girlfriend. He arrives first. He's somewhere. She arrives. I'm like, oh, your boyfriend's here. She's like, he's not my boyfriend. And I said, oh, okay, there's a little bit of a miscommunication here. So they were sharing a room, sharing a bed, and she was under the impression that they were just friends, and he was under the impression that they were together as boyfriend-girlfriend. That was that just set the foundation for a really long retreat, Ooh. and then she ended up she ended up leaving. Oh early. shit! Rough. Oh, it was really rough. Never again. Okay, well learned. I mean, also spring break retreat is just funny though to me <laughs> in Miami, but I get the okay. vibes. It was like I like the all healthy alternative vibes. I love that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noted. <laughs> I don't even know if I would want. I mean, I mean, what's wrong with couples? But it's dicey. It's the same as like when you get a roommate, and some couples like will get roommates. It's like I'm not living with a couple. Right. So my the couple the I've had many yeah. couples come on retreats. Never had okay, an issue dope. with them. Especially like as long as they know that they're a couple, <laughs> it's fine. But <laughs> don't come up saying hey, I'm with my boyfriend, and then the boyfriend shows up. And he's like, I don't know her. That's no, that doesn't work. Um, I've had sisters come, I've had best friends come. I've never had an issue with anybody. The only issue was when the boyfriend the friend zoned coming and she didn't realize that they were together. Damn. Have you um it's super trendy now, obviously because of pandemic vibes. Um, have you ever thought of or hosted a virtual retreat? No. That sounds like my absolute Same. worst I, I can't get into it. Understand how that could be in any way remotely. Fun. Yeah, it's just the whole the thought of being on Zoom for gonna, three days. I hate Zoom. Right. What are we gonna do? I'm so they're confused. super like, popular I guess now. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, I guess you can do. So here's the thing. I I used to do two and a half week long, two hundred hour yoga retreats, and sometimes three weeks. Sometimes six weeks. That was my first one. But anyway, um, <laughs> I whittled it down. Two and a half, three weeks yoga retreats. Somewhere really cool, so fun, great vibe. You're in the yoga bubble. It's kind of like being in college. Yeah. No responsibility, but the yoga, you know, curriculum and the whole thing. And then I did a couple um, online because of the pandemic. It was okay. There are benefits to it in that you get to practice on people in your home that probably don't do yoga. So it's more realistic to the type of person you're going to work with um, versus when you're at a yoga retreat, a yoga teacher training in person and you're teaching those people, they are the bendy people. They know exactly what's coming next. They're not like the typical yoga person who's going to a class. So you get a, a benefit there, but then there's a lot of downside to it. Um, another upside, however, though, is you get to do it at your own pace. So I would have meetings every two weeks and you have all the two-week time period to complete all your assignments. It's not as intensive as a, a two-week in-person thing. but And it's cheaper. True. So it's 
it's great for kind of everybody. It's great for me because I don't have all that overhead of flights, accommodation, food, who's going to watch my dog. I got to pay somebody to watch the dog, you know, all those things that you have to think about. But is it is super enjoyable for a vacation? No, not, not a right. Opinion. Same. I'm, I've been wanting to, um, do a yoga teacher training, uh, my whole black life. And it just has to be in person. Like it's just, it's yeah. ain't no way. And just assist. Like I want your hands on my body. Yeah. That's the other thing. Touch me. For sure. <laughs> so kind of, um, yeah. another question, and this is just, this isn't retreats related, but just business, I guess, everything business related. How do you know when to create a one-on-one offer, you know, your custom nutrition plans versus making a group offer like your memberships? What's the intention? So a nutrition, I can't think of a scenario. I don't feel I would be very helpful if I were like, all right, everybody, aim to, first of all, it's not, I don't even know. I don't think it's, okay, let me rephrase. Legal? I don't, I don't think I would be helpful if I just said, okay, here's some healthy shopping lists. Here's some tips for the grocery store. If you don't know what to eat for yourself and your own goals, what are you going to do with this information? Right. It's, like, it's almost like it doesn't pertain because you don't know for your own body. Whereas if you if you know you've never worked out before or you know that you have chronic back pain, then you're going to fall into the posture program. It's the first step of setting a solid foundation. It's a blanket thing across the board that works for everybody. But I can't legally say, all right, follow this meal plan for nutritious meal. It's not legal for me to give anybody a meal plan. I'm not a dietitian. But I could give you some basic information. I just don't think it's valuable. So I wouldn't make the nutrition thing a group program. And then for individual clients, it's like, all right, well, on what basis do you want to help them? And could you create – so I'm thinking for you, right? You do a lot of organization stuff. You could probably do something that's like, I don't know where to begin. I'm so don't not give me a new offer. All. Pen and paper. Yeah. Like, what? Keep I, going. I kind of have this idea, like maybe they take a test, a quiz, and they see how organized they are in their life. And then based on that, they fall into one of two or three groups. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, let me show you from the ground up. How do we do ritual morning routines? How do we organize um our shopping list, our work to do list, our emails, how do we do all that versus no, I'm pretty good. I have this and this taken care of. I just really can't figure out refining a system or something or long-term consistency. Or, yeah. Or how do I, how do I track longer term goals? I'm good at my day to day, but I don't, ha- I don't understand how to I have all these lofty goals and I don't know where to begin, but my day-to-day life is good. Love it. You know what I mean? And Rennie actually made that quiz already, so I like it. Hey. Mm-hmm. Boom. Add it to the list because, of course, all I need, more offers <laughs> <laughs> for each bucket. All right. Fire. Coming soon, people. Coming soon. I love that. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly. It's just it's the intention and what you want them to get away from it and – and what you want to do too, because I think there's something to be said. Like, I know we we're just joking about, yeah, another offer. More is not more if you're not into it as the creator. Like, if your heart's not there after a while, you're just like, oh, I'm so over this. So, I mean, I used to blog Monday through Friday twice a Sheesh. day. I don't know. I have no idea how that Damn. happens right now. I one a week done. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. And there was a loss of revenue for sure. 
But more importantly, I stayed true to myself because I don't want to burn out. I don't want people to feel like, ugh, she's just offering fluff, right? So you have to, again, it just goes back to being consistent and authentic with who you are and be honest with yourself, you know, and adjust as needed. I love that. And I feel like it definitely pays off because like you said, if your content's fluff, people are going to notice and it'll decrease. But that was something with uh, the Friday report. I sent it every every week last week. And I don't know how, I can't even tell you how many times. You said every week last oh, week. Oh, I said yeah. every week last year. Yeah, that was my mission for 2021 was to send the Friday report every year. I sent it 52 times drunk at 4 a.m. on a rooftop with my friends with Bammy twerking in my face. I have written the, the Friday report and like people coming in around me typing on the like, oh, let's say this. I'm like, guys, please. Bammy coming to Mayday. She, she is supposed to be. We're talking about it right now, actually. But yeah, that's the plan. Um, it's actually going to fly in from London for it. And uh, and to see you for your your, your Kenya adventure. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so I stopped. Sorry. No, no worries. <laughs> Story of our lives. I stopped and I was like, oh, I'm going to do it bi-weekly this year. I definitely still want to do it. It's a great way for, for me to be creative mm-hmm. and to, again, be vulnerable with my community. Um, but it's also a great way to plug passive income and to plug what I'm working on. Um, and last year, I still had a great open rate. My open rate for the Friday report last year on average was probably like, 50, 55%. The the standard wow. industry open rate is about 30%. And since mm-hmm. I've been doing it bi-weekly, it's hit between 70 and 80%, which is crazy. It's like, what were you going to say? If you take, if you take, you have two of my email addresses off on there. If you take one of them off, that'll probably improve because I would read one, but obviously I'm not going to open the other one. Absolutely. Which is, so, and I have a few people who are duplicates. So that means that it's even higher than that 70 and 80%, which for, for reference, it's like I 70 to 80% of the people that I sent this email opened it. And a lot of those people open it within 24 hours. And so even if, even if people do really want something by creating that buffer for yourself as well, you may also be increasing your engagement. Definitely. Anything else? Any, any last tips? Um, I think a newsletter is a great place to start. This is my last tip. Um, if you are, just aren't really sure where to go with what you want to do, not that it's exactly passive because there's so a lot of work involved and once people read it, they're kind of done with it, but you could always repurpose that as a blog, but getting into people's mailboxes is really, really helpful and it's going to increase your chance of, um, of sales. So I think if you have any interest in writing a blog or writing a newsletter, do the newsletter first, plug in your affiliate links, and then repurpose that as a blog that lives on your website. Love it. Then you've created content and you've gotten into people's mailboxes, which helps to increase Absolutely. And I post all of my newsletters. I post them on Medium and I make money by posting on Medium. Boom. Everyone wins. And then you're getting new people from Medium to join your subscriber list and then boom. And if you do want to start... I have a great newsletter course that I just dropped about two weeks ago, and it's very affordable. How much? It's only twenty nine dollars, and you learn how to launch your newsletter in seven days. By the end of the seven days, if you do everything that's there, you launch your newsletter, and I want to say twenty people bought it the first round, and half of them have already launched, and they've sent me their newsletters and everything. I'm such a proud mom. They're so good. Awesome. So dope. Well, that's the other thing. You have so many resources on your site and they're so affordable. So I think anybody who's considering it, definitely check out your your website, um, Life Made Easy. Yep, LifeMadeEasy.com. 
made easy. And then if you need some one-to-one help, um, like SEO stuff, not really sure where to go. I also offer um, business consults and you offer business consults. I do. And we're both pretty great at it, if I say so myself. We both have uh, hired each other, actually. That's how you know we're good. <laughs> when I hired May, um, all my whole life became so much easier. So many systems. Automation was like the name of the game. And I've saved literally thousands of dollars. So. I'm so happy about it. It's like it's such a working with people like you is such a reminder as to why I love this shit so much. Because again, it's um, it's like the teaching part, right? It's and now you'll hit me yeah. up like I just made this new ConvertKit automation. Now you just do it. And remember when we first started, you were like, I don't know what this is, but I'm gonna learn it. I, I love it. And you touched on something really dope that um I didn't hit at the beginning when we were talking about why passive income and these products and these offers are so important. A big thing for me, um, I think I said this on another one is I. I know everyone's big on niching down, and you know your audience, cool, cool, cool. But I really do want pieces of my business to be accessible to everyone. And so I approach things in three tiers. Oh, we talked about tiers with the morning routine, but my three tiers for my business are like anything from the zero to $50 range. Um, and then consoles mm-hmm. start around 150 to 250 ish. And then obviously working with me one-on-one is like, that's the higher ticket stuff. And then my courses will uh, follow within those buckets as well. And that's so you know, not everyone can afford to have Candace as their personal coach. That's fine. She has these memberships. I really do want shit to be accessible, you know, to my community and I want to be able to meet them where they're at. And so a, my, a big motivation for me behind these passive products that I create is that I can help a, a larger scale of people and, and be able to meet them where they're at. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think that's so smart to approach it in three different tiers and not just be the high ticket person. I can't tell you how many coaches, coaches, how many coaches yeah, I've seen who are like, it's $10,000 to work with me. And I'm like, in what world? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But that's the only thing that they offered. And I just felt like this is a fascinating watch. Oh, it's a fascinating this business is, I'm, model. I'm a, fascinated, a fascinated follower, but I will not be a customer. Yeah, I actually just did a, a train. Like a, this guy, he's super popular, uh, Rob Dial. Um, he has a great podcast. And I joined. He did um, mm-hmm. super common now for people to do this for coaches. They do these like you join this Facebook group. And uh-huh. every day for three to five days is a different masterclass. I did two last week at the same time. That's how popular it is right now. And then by the end of course, or midway, no, I did three last week. I did a tapping one too. Midway, they yeah. drop an offer and it's like the VIP special. And then at the end, they, they push this, whatever. And the one that I did with Rob, that was the push was like, listen, you can charge, you know, this much or this much. Like for example, I charge twelve fifty to work with me. I am about to increase it, but they suggested I push that to three thousand to work with me one on one each month. Yeah. Yes, I could. You're absolutely right. I absolutely could. But also, where do the ethics come in? You know what I mean? It's like some part. Yeah, this is my. We could that could be a whole episode. Is this uh, the wellness online space? Can we do that as an episode? Like a yes. cri- can we do like a cringe episode or something? Okay, yeah. that's coming. Because I, I mean, I was just thinking, so I, this will be like the prequel to it, okay? There was, I, I don't want to say it's a hate follow because I definitely didn't hate her at all. I didn't even I know, know her. I was more <laughs> a fascination follower, but I was a fascination follower. And her whole thing was like, I made a million dollars in one year. And like, this is how I did it. Like, you can do it too. Just sign up for $12 billion yep. and work with me. I'm hosting a free thing to show you how you can do it. Do you know I created a fake email account, a fake persona, a fake profile just so I could take it? I didn't want her to know that I was taking it. I took it 
And I have to tell you, I was like, this is smoke and mirrors. How was it? It was garbage. Mm. Like, I haven't made a million dollars in one year yet, but I've made, if you add up everything I've in the decade, I've made well over a million dollars. But like, with integrity and with ethics and honesty, and I would rather, maybe this is like, shitty business advice, but I would rather have the three tiers in 25 different products and you can pick from what works with you and and earn the living that I earn, which I f- think is excellent. And I mean, it's not a million dollars, but it's, it's not nothing. And um, and live that life versus the hustle, hustle, hustle. You can only work with me if you can spend yeah. $12,000. And you got to pay it now because the price is going up tomorrow to, uh, to double. I just don't know how you can do how. I know there's that thing like know your worth and then add tax. Of course. But- and that I agree with. And, and I agree that yesterday's price is not today's price. I am very firm on that. Absolutely. But just because you, just, just you can doesn't mean you should, you know? Exactly. Yeah, because you easily could. You have the name. You have the following. You could push your prices crazy. No, you wouldn't. And I think it's like, like you said, you have a great lifestyle, and also you can. Well, when Candace can sleep, you could, in theory, go to sleep with peace at night. Absolutely. And I don't have to work every day if I didn't want to. Like, I, I don't know. You just have to. Mm, I there's so much I could say about this, but I'm going to end with this. Don't take advantage of yeah. people. I, I worked, I had a very, very high-end client and I, the person who referred me charged a ton of money and she was, she works in the same space. And I was like, I don't know what to charge. I don't know what to charge. I can't charge what you charge just in good faith. I can't do that. And so I was charging double my rate for personal training just because this person was very, very, very high-end. And I also had to travel a good bit to get to the person. And after about three or four weeks, she just kind of started to be a little bit more flaky. She wasn't showing up and she was canceling last minute. And then all of a sudden, she's like, ah, I just um, – something came up and we're just going to have to put this off to the back burner. I think it's because I charged too much. Interesting. Because now – yeah, now I, I have another very very high-end client and I charge a what I would say is a reasonable rate. I charge $200. Oh, yeah, that's reasonable and, for sure. And you travel and I, there. And I travel there. It's not a long travel, but I do travel there. And um, and this person could probably afford to pay double or triple that, but I'm not going to do it just because they yep. can. Do you know what yep. I mean? I need to feel good about what I charge and feel – I just don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of any of it. Ever. And that's always – I think that's going to be a different number for everybody. Absolutely. And that number changes, like, again, because yeah, I firmly – Yesterday's price is not today's price. That's just life, especially with one-on-one offers. It's it's inevitable that mm-hmm. it's going to cost more over time to have one-on-one access to someone. But yeah, again, well, move with intention, right? Move with intention and and move with integrity and move from a a place of being of feeling good about what you do. I think you have to go to sleep at night feeling really good about what you did. You know, absolutely. And yeah, I guess that's the highlight is that I can go to sleep knowing that that I. And again, those tiers, you know, having things that are accessible for everyone, it really helps. Right. I think that comes to – sorry, I feel like we, we keep going sorry. on. Sorry. <laughs> I think it comes from growing up the way I grew up. I knew the value of a dollar from a very early age. And I remember being in college. The whole reason I started my YouTube channel, I was in college. I couldn't afford to go to a yoga studio. It was too expensive yep. for me. So I was like, oh, remember when I was a broke college kid? I should make YouTube videos for them. 
And so I never want anyone to feel like they don't have access to the work that I do because I think the work I do improves the quality of your life. So if you don't have access to that, it's like it's one more nail in the coffin. You know yep. what I mean? So that's why it's so important to have different tiers, even though you could only be at the $10,000 range. Why? Right. Why? And also it's more fun to just, I mean, look at us. New offer. Oh, let me write down this course. It's also, it's fun over here. If you love your day and love what you do, then I don't know what to well, say. Well, you know what? I think it's like, um, that's the creator side, right? I don't think those yeah. those people that are charging that those one on one offers they're probably not really creators they're they are coaches and maybe that's what has well, been hesitant so for me. The person that that was the made the one million dollars that I had the fake profile for she ended up burning out and crashed and burned um, and went offline. I haven't seen wow. her since. She was like, "I'm I can't do it. It's not sustainable, and I need to go back to to being true to myself." Who knows I, what that I, means. So that's the other thing is, is it sustainable? And do you wake up in the morning happy? Do you wake up in the morning happy? Facts, because I'm tingly just thinking about this notion course and this quiz that I'm about to make. And it's like, yeah, money is great. We, yeah. If we haven't made it clear, we both love it so much <laughs> and are very appreciative. Um, but yeah, if you're not having fun, then it's just not worth it. But we love what we do yeah. more than the No money, comparison. You know? No. Com uh, I just met with a mom today, two moms today, actually. And I... I'm just like, wow. I like help this, this mom in particular, like her vibe has just switched up so much. I don't know if I, did I say this on here that I'm officially working one-on-one -on -one only with moms, with new moms? Okay. Yeah. I just decided this in the past couple of days, like kids, like five, like seven and under, um, and just mm -hmm. helping them, you know, self-prioritize and saying, fuck them kids because I'm perfect for it because I can bring the, take the emotions out of it. I'm very not emotional when it comes to certain things. Um, but yeah. moms, especially new moms just need that reminder. I think they forget that they're keeping a whole human alive and from this yeah. side of it, don't get it. And so all that to say, uh, love what you do. Any last tips, yeah. last things to add? No. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, everybody, that does it. Thank you so much for listening and for giving us so much feedback over the last couple of weeks. If you have a second, it would really help us out if you left a review of our podcast wherever you're listening to your podcast right now. And we will see you right back here next week. And until then, you can follow us. I'm at Yoga by Candace, C-A-N-D-A-C-E. And Megan is at Made in America, M-A-E-D, Made in America. We'll see you next time.